It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Kutcher. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, 13th day of June 2019. We're here with our co host, Jay Basser. And tonight we have Mr. James Scripps and Ray Cobb on as our guest speakers. We hope you enjoy the show. Be sure to get your pencil and papers out and take down some notes. And uh, uh, how are you doing today, James? Doing good. <laughs> spent, a, well, spent a day at VA, but I'm doing good. Oh, a day at the VA. Well, yeah, a day they, at the VA. Well, um, they treated you right. You know, Gerald, they do. Well, that's uh, good. I spent uh, seven and a half hours out there the day before yesterday uh, going through the emergency room, and then I was out there quite a while today. I think I got out at a two o'clock appointment, and I just got out of there. So. Oh, my God. But, yeah, they, they, they treat me well. Well, that's good. It hadn't always been like that, but, yeah, it hadn't always been like that, but it's it's evolving. You know, yeah. it's it's a work in progress. Well, if they know you'll tell on they treat you a little better. Well, you know, communication has got a lot to do with that. When I first started going to the VA, you know, all we had was a telephone and, you know, they don't answer their telephones. Um, then along comes the computers and the emails and, and Facebook, and, and there's all all kind of ways to report what you like or dislike about the VA. So, you know, public outcry and the veterans outcry, I think have had a lot to do with, with the evolution of the health care system, uh, which is ahead of the uh, compensation pension, you know, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. They're evolving also, but I don't think near as quick. They're a little yeah. uh, little more belligerent, I think. You know, they, they they don't really want to change. Change is hard for them. They're set in their ways. Well, change is hard for them. And, uh, but, however, we have to work with whatever we have to work with, the veterans do, and they have to try to stay within the system and work best they can. And adhere uh, uh, to the 38 CFRs. And if the BA will do the same thing, the whole system will run a little smoother. And they have a lot of bumps in the road. You know, it's a large organization. And 
unfortunately, there's a lot of them there that uh, somehow miss the human gene pool. But uh, uh, there's some that did make it, and and those are nice people. I think as the employee situation turns over and some of the older employees who work under the, let's just call it a former system that the VA had, you know, they had their own little thing going. Nobody's responsible for anything. Nobody's accountable for anything. Uh, I think when a lot of those employees retire, uh, the ones that are refusing to change, I think the whole system will turn over. I honestly think it's it, it's uh, you know they got to fire some people and they they seem reluctant to do that, so they're just going to have to retire and get out of there. Well, they are retiring, uh, and. Let's hope the newer employees that come in are trained better and the more professional how they, especially on the claims end of it. In the hospital side, you hear a few discrepancies, uh, but uh, I believe the claim side is uh, needs more help yet. Uh, uh, the hospital side of it, uh, those people, as a rule, it's been my experience anyway, that they work pretty hard at trying to uh, take good care of you, and their your health is their concern. So that's good. If we could get that same rapport with the claim side, it'd be a much better world for poor veterans, you know. Yeah, I, I, Go ahead. You're, you're right. Uh, you know, some of these undersecretaries, they're so resistant to change. And the entire department that they are over is going to take their attitude. So when you change undersecretary that sees things under a little different light in a little more modern age where people are actually accountable, I think the whole department will change. I agree but with that. But now getting rid of those undersecretaries, like I say, you know, somebody needs to be uh, – Taking a look. If they change, they can stay. If they don't change, they're gone. You know, the president signed the the bill to where they could fire them. All they got to do is enforce it. Yes, yes, you're you're correct. One thing, James, that you and I have seen uh, here in our area, in the Middle Tennessee area, what they're what they're doing, uh, which is somewhat avoiding some of these older folks. From being fired, they're saying we no longer need this position for you. If you want this position, you need to relocate to uh, Lexington, Louisville, Knoxville. Those are three that I'm aware of that 
uh, matter of fact, one person that James and I had problems with in the past in prosthetics uh, actually got moved to the Louisville VA. And her choice was to either go up there and go to work or uh, leave the VA altogether. Uh, right here in our Air Force Station, one of our doctors was given that same choice. Uh, she left the VA system. She's going to go back to her hometown somewhere. I heard where it was. I don't remember. Is going to go back into private practice. So that might be one of the ways they couldn't get them to retire or to leave. And so instead of firing them, they go to move them. It's at such a distance, they they have to either accept that or resign. Well, if you look at that, though, Ray, if you take a problem child out of Tennessee and transplant him into Kentucky, then you've got a problem in Kentucky. Well, uh, the, the and to get them out of those positions, they don't demote them out of those positions. They have to promote them out of those. So then they're, they're, they do more destruction uh, yeah, or they because they're at a higher level. Well, they move them If a man ain't doing, doing his job, a man or a woman isn't doing his job, they ought to just fire them. They've got well, the power to do it now. To get them to do it would be kind of interesting. Well, we thank you for the warning, folks, about that. I'll have to be checking out. Uh, <laughs> Checking out yeah, we're coming up here while you are. Yeah, we'll push them all up there with John. Uh, <laughs> John, take care of them. <laughs> I'll straighten them out. I'll straighten Send them out. up there to Gerald. He'll take away their toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, you better. Well, you, <laughs> you guys ready for you guys ready for the Blue Water Navy tidal wave to hit here starting tomorrow? Oh. Uh, I haven't heard anything on that the last few days. What's the the uh, how, four how's that coming? Four hours ago, the Senate just approved the bill. It's going to go to the president to be signed. Okay, question. The Senate said if These they passed it, they were going to include Vietnam-era Korea veterans on the presumptive. Did they do that? You have to read the bills for its entirety. They probably did, but remember, this thing went to court, and the VA lost. And the way they lost the actual court case meant they would have to service next these guys and start paying benefits. Well, they decided to, let's just pass this bill instead of doing that. So what they've actually done is taken the money off the backs of every veteran that's not service-connected and making them pay for Blue Water Navy's benefits. Did you say that is service-connected or not service-connected? Is not service-connected. And has So how are they taking off the backs of non, non-service-connected veterans? Is it to do a deal with the home loan? Yes. When the VA goes, when yeah, they're going to raise the funding fee, probably double it or triple it. Uh so uh, now, if you if you if you look at that in the true light, then mm-hmm. it's not going to be on the backs of the Vietnam 
era veterans as much as it's going to be on the backs of the post-9-11 veterans. Any because veteran they're the ones veteran, that are applying yeah. for the home loans nowadays. Mm-hmm. Any veterans Vietnam, Vietnam era veterans have their homes and have had for many years. Mm-hmm. So true. another way to look at that is it's been supported on the backs of the post-9-11 veterans who mm-hmm. are applying oh, for no, home loans. Yeah. If a, say a Vietnam yeah. veteran is uh, say he wants to, say he wants to do a refinance, and you'll have service next, and he's got a pair of higher funding things. Yeah. So actually, it I mean uh, it, it's not going to equal out to even kill, but still it's uh, not a good thing. I mean you know I, mean, I it's like going to the grocery store, and all everybody in there dipping up money to pay your groceries. But that's not the problem. Uh, the funding fee is the funding fee. It's not just the funding, because that's rolled, that's rolled into the loans. So the vets are claiming the funding fee plus the whatever interest rate for that funding fee. So it's going to be paying more than the funding fee. Yeah. Yeah, but <clears throat> the funding fee is financed. Yeah. You know, you buy a house and you don't pay any money down, your funding fees are financed. They're rolled right in there with the yeah. loan. Rolled right so in you're there. right. They're not only paying the higher funding fees, but they're paying interest on that money. Yep. I saw a story Kinda last week like they got busted. Saw a story last week where they got busted. I sent a general copy of it to where uh, I forget the number now, but uh, they were charging a lot of service connected veterans that the origination the funding fee, and a lot of them didn't yeah. know that they were exempt from it because they had a service connected disability. Now the VA's having to pay a bunch of money back, millions. Well, uh, I don't know that they're having to pay it back, but they've probably been ordered to pay it back. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it they might be like the, the emergency room fees that they were supposed to pay back that they they just decided <laughs> uh, not to do. Oh, yeah. Well, they were they got a little lost in court on that, James. They had to pay the co-pays for Medicare. Had they had to, but they have. Yeah, they got a lot. Of, well, the court, they've uh, been ordered by. Judge they may be working it. on it, but they just like ignored it for a long time. I guess the judge needs to start putting some of them in jail, holding the tip of court. They'll pay it quick, yeah. Well, you know, they're big enough to they can say who's going to make me. Yeah. Oh. You know, <laughs> they should have already looked at the hypertension <laughs> and several other diseases is, uh, yeah. to do with Agent Orange, but hadn't done that either. No. There's somebody's fighting it. I don't know who it is. But it needs to be. <clears throat> I guarantee oh, you, like most I say, people they're so big, who's going to make them? Most people that have seen the car, he's going to have hypertension, but regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're keeping Trump so busy with his impeachment stuff, he ain't got time to fool with veterans. <laughs> I don't think he Nancy pays that Pelosi, I was just watching her. She said she don't have the appetite to impeach him. Nope. She don't have it. That's okay. Boomerang. I don't know. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Trumpster character. You know. Yeah. Boomerang. Looks like we might end up having some <laughs> some, some trouble with <laughs> Iran. Yeah. Uh, have to see what comes out of that, that situation. Was, they still got some oil tankers out there burning. <laughs> I think they hit mines. Underwater mines. Uh, yeah. Either that or they think they had underwater divers 
attach them magnetically to the holes of the ship. Mm-hmm. I saw just a moment ago on CBS News tonight, they uh, showed a video or a film of an Iranian boat pulling up the side of one of the burning tankers and two scuba guys going over the side and removing a mine that had not exploded. Oh! <laughs> but they said it, they came on and said it's obvious now since they knew where the mine was and that uh, uh, that it hadn't exploded, they knew that uh, Iran was behind it by the way they came out, went right up to the bow of the ship, two divers went over the side and removed it. They showed the video I don't, from the helicopter above. I do not see why we just don't surface that SSGN sitting over there and sink every ship in the Iranian military. Forget about it. Uh, you know, I don't understand. One of those ships was was loaded with naphtha. You know how explosive that is and how flammable that is. But the ship is still afloat. Uh, and they say the naphtha is not on fire. There's a fire from the explosion. It's probably, but it didn't ignite the naphtha. Uh, it's sealed. That's a good thing. It blew the whole works out. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Mm. Naphtha's really strong. You know, just, just like a little bit of that. Things, uh, that ship uh, was actually a Japanese ship, and this, uh-huh. the Japanese prime minister was actually in visiting with the uh, Iranian leaders at the time that the ship for attack was in the office with him, just like it happened with the Japanese in the United States during World War II. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah, it could. We're just going to have to wait and see. And I'm like John. We'll put a lid on that place. Yeah. Don't fool with them. Think every ship they got. Wipe out their Air Force. You can do that in 10 minutes. (laughs) Anybody tried out anything on the mission act yet? Uh, the VA's on a mission to act up. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to the emergency room Tuesday. And I was 30 miles away. So I thought, well, just for the heck of it, I'm going to call. And I looked up on my phone, and there was a number to call. Uh, and one of the options was if you want to know if you qualify to go to a urgent care center. So I called the number and all around the VA in Nashville, there's about seven or eight as high as 10 urgent care walk-in centers, but they're all really, really close to the VA. I was a couple of miles from one in Ashland city, uh, but it's not on their list, so you can't go to that one. And like I told the guy on the phone, he told me which ones I could go to. Well, they're all right there around uh, the VA hospital. I said, you know, if i got to do that, I just might as well go on over to the VA and go through the emergency room. 
Uh, but I, I was qualified to do that. They told me I could go to any, any of these other ones that they named. But I didn't want to get hung up there knowing that my problem uh, probably couldn't be fixed by anything but a scaffold. Uh, it's it's all chloracne related, and, and those people don't know anything about dioxin and, and chloracne and Agent Orange. And, uh, so I just went on to the VA hospital. But it's good to know. The guy on the other end of the phone said, yeah, you can just walk into these. You don't need any permission. Just go. Uh, it was my choice not to go and go on to the VA, but it's good to know that it is workable. Yeah, guys, yesterday I had the director who's implementing the program here in the uh, Tennessee Valley Medical System uh, on my radio show for about an hour, and he laid out all the do's and the don'ts and, and all of that, but he was very clear to state that at this time they do not have as many urgent care out in the community uh, outside of major cities that they would like to but hope to have that resolved in the next six months. So that, like James was saying, hopefully in six months the one down the street from me will be on the, the list but uh, as of right now, even here in Winchester, where we have three units or three emergency care walk-in clinics, none of those three are on it either. So it uh, doesn't help me that much right here either. I'd have to drive to Murfreesboro, which if I go to Murfreesboro, what's another 20 or 30 minutes to Nashville? Well, what's not clear to me is if a hundred percent permanent total veteran is liable for the co-pays after the third visit. Because now if I would have chosen to go uh, to the urgent care center, I would have went Tuesday and I had to go again today. Uh, so two of mine would already been used up. Uh, I don't it know is, if a hundred percent veteran is liable after the third well, month of I, I think or not. It may even James, I think from the way that he talked yesterday, it might be seventy percent. He would not come out and say if it was seventy percent or a hundred percent. All he kept saying is that your classification as to where you fit in their system, the higher you are on the list, the the after after a certain point, you have no copay and unlimited visits. Yeah. Now, I don't, okay, I haven't it? heard that. All I've heard is the We're three all. visits within a 90-day period, and after that, you have to pay a copay. From what I understand, if you're in priority group one, receiving care through the VA, and that covers all four of us, that there's no copay. Well, that would be a good thing because, like I say, I would have done used up two in four days. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I don't like being on a list. Uh, I usually wind up on the bad part of the list. I don't know if you guys do, you know, do that too, but uh, I hate being on a list. Well, I like to get off the, the giving list and get on the getting list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but... Uh, we need to keep 
keep reporting on this mission act because it's a you know it needs to be it actually it needs to stay in the limelight because they're going to do everything they can do in their power to minimize it and to make it kind of go away. And because that, that seems to be it's a still really really vague. Yep. Uh, I have a. You know, six months ago, I almost lost my left leg. You know, they'd done prep me and, and gave me an electric wheelchair and, and told me it was going to have to come off. Uh, but then, magically, I quit using the VA's medicine, and my wife started putting honey on it, <laughs> and it got well. Whether it was due to that or not, I don't know. But then they come up with this uh, new deal Ray's talking about, about getting rid of employees, and they got rid of the podiatrist. And they took the podiatry nurse and promoted him. And now when you make an appointment with the VA for podiatry, you don't get to see a podiatrist. You get to see the nurse. Uh, He cuts toenails and he trims calluses. I don't know. They promoted him one GS level and gave him a pay raise, and that's who you see now. Well, I told my primary care I was kind of concerned about that because the podiatrist actually saved my foot. He's the one that found the ulcer on my foot. And I said, if I can't see a podiatrist, I want to go outside. Uh, but I haven't been approved for that yet. They made me a an appointment on the inside to see the only podiatrist that they still have. Uh, I don't know. I gotta. I gotta wait and see how that comes out. But I'm going to see a podiatrist if I have to go outside. Uh, you know, at the price of my leg, I just don't have any choice. We don't want James getting Lieutenant Dan syndrome now. He'll hang on that leg. Uh, yeah, you know, I need two. Yep, man, I have uh, two. Yeah. And then along those same lines, <clears throat> you, know, you know, I'm at an R1 rating. So is Ray. Uh, no. The O is the max. Mm-hmm. And we're both drawing at an O with an R1. <clears throat> and I'm thinking with this Mission Act coming on, which is going to entitle us to go to walk-in clinics and, and urgent care centers and hopefully be pretty easy to go see an outside doctor, I'm wondering if I shouldn't just drop my Medicare. I can't see that I would ever need it again. An O is a lifetime benefit unless you can prove mm-hmm. fraud, unless the VA can prove fraud. Right. Um, you know, nursing home situation, if I ever needed it, it's taken care of. I just can't see why I'm paying those premiums. I got a, from the outside insurance company, uh, Medicare, Health Springs. I got one of those kits, uh, a stool sample kit, where you have to mail it in, and it come out positive. And they recommend you go see your PC, 
and I made an appointment with my outside PC, my Medicare PC. And when I went in, he said, Mr. Cripps, why would you even want to know? Oh, uh, so I'm thinking, you know, this joker's making so much money every month because he's uh, he's my PC under Medicare. So I changed PCs. And when I went for my initial visit for the next PC, he looked at my records and he said, well, Mr. Cripps, what is it I can do for you right now today? I said, nothing. I got all my care from VA. Uh, he said, well, I've got veterans like that, and I see them once a year, and they, we do not a fiscal but a wellness check. And then I don't see them again for another year. So I'm thinking, why am I paying this hundred-something dollars a month? Uh, I don't think I'll ever use it again. Now, that, that wouldn't be for every veteran because I'm considering, you know, I've got a lifetime benefit in old rating. Um, but anyway, that's where I'm at now. I've about decided to just go ahead and drop it. Well, you say that, you say that because, uh, you know, you and I both have the same ratings, and I did not take Medicare. And what I've done... Well, I use so Medicare far, to get all my letters. Uh, so far, I have been able to uh, go see two doctors, three doctors, three times, and it's basically uh, when you don't have insurance and you tell them you don't have insurance, your rates are different. With one doctor I went to without insurance, my office visit was $90, and if I'd had insurance, they would have billed the insurance 155. Oh my! So uh, that's just you know that's just my experience over the last uh, was it been two years since we've had our old ratings? Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so far, it has benefited me by far not to be paying the $328 a month for Medicare when I get all of my other treatment through the VA. Well, you know, you found a letter-writing podiatrist. I did. And you went to see him, and you got a a good letter. I did. So then I went to see him, and he wouldn't see me because I had Medicare. Right. And he didn't take Medicare. Oh. I said, well, I'm I'm a cash-paying customer. I'll pay cash. And he said, you can't do that. That's in, insurance fraud. Yeah. I've never seen when you couldn't pay cash and it be against the law. You know? well, <laughs> How could that be? It is in the state of Tennessee, and I found that out. Matter of fact, after you told me that, I did a little more research and uh, called another doctor uh, who happens to be a relative, uh, and my son-in-law, and I asked him about that, and he confirmed it. He said, yeah, we're not allowed to do that anymore. And that was a part of the uh, program that our former governor, when he took away the two car tags, that was part of one of the things that he put into that insurance program that year for, for everyone. But um, So having Medicare insurance actually hurt me. Because yes. I could have paid the 90 bucks cash or whatever it was, been glad to, and got the letter. Yeah, yeah. and a good letter, too. Yeah. Well, I eventually went to see the other doctor you recommended and got a good letter. 
Oh, uh, and I paid cash for that. So anyway, I'm right now at the brink of there. There's nothing holding me back anymore. I've researched and I've talked to the insurance people, and nobody sees any reason that I should keep carrying. Uh, you said you spoke to uh, uh, Social Security on that or Medicare. Uh, no, you to drop it. You have to call Medicare. Yes. And then you have to speak with a counselor. Uh, and that counselor makes sure you pretty well know what you're talking about before you drop it, because once you drop it, you can't get it back. Right, yeah. Matter of fact, when I qualified and they called me and I told them that, no, I did not want it, then they had a counselor to call me and go over, and I said, you tell me what they're going to pay that the VA won't cover at 100%. And at that time, I was 100% with standard uh, aid and attendance. I didn't even have R1 at that time or an old rate. And um, uh, the guy couldn't. He couldn't come up with one thing. Uh, he said, the only thing he said, I think he said, well, you're always entitled to an annual checkup. And and I said, I get more than an annual checkup with VA. I see them every 90 days or less. You know, so that's, you know, I went ahead and continued with my decision not to uh, go through the VA, I mean, go through the Social Security at that time. I, I leaned real heavy on my Medicare insurance to pay for doctor's visits to get letters to get me to this O and R1. But Ben's, it's a, you know, R1, aid and attendance is a lifetime benefit. So mm-hmm. I'll never need another letter again. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point of going ahead and dropping it. Let's clarify. Let's clarify that James for the listeners will pay for zero, but there's two parts of Medicare. So you're talking about dropping the part B. Yeah, A and that. B. Uh, Part A pays for outside hospitalization, and Part B, Part B pays for. Yeah, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. But the Part B pays for. Yeah, it pays. It pays for uh, outpatient visits, doctors. Uh, and Part D comes. I don't know what Part D is paid by. Medication. Uh, yeah, it's well, paid for medications, but I don't know what it comes out of. I think it comes out of Part B. Part, of yeah, part, part B part money B. pays yeah. for Part D, a, which is drug coverage. It's a Part B rider. It's a Part B rider. And yeah. the way yeah. we talk about it up here, we don't call it Part D. We call it donut hole, Part donut hole. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> everybody knows I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't it advise easy. anybody to drop their Medicare. If they're anything less than 100% permanent and total, mm-hmm. because once you drop it, you're not going to get it back. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, you got you got to look at your ratings. Until you've had a rating for five years, they can mm-hmm. adjust that rating up or down or take it away on a whim. Once you've had it yep. five years, they've got to do... At least as much testing to take it away 
and you have to show sustained improvement uh, as they did to give it to you to start with. Once you hit 10 years, they can jump, they can bring the rate up and down, but they can't take it away. You've got to be a full 20 years before they can't take it away. Uh, and I'm coming up on 20 on, on some of mine. Uh, it's good. Most of my ratings are, are 2005, so I'm yep. not too awful far from that. I'm over 10 on just about all of them. Okay. And that brings up another point. I was looking on uh, VA.gov, and I saw where I had a claim last January. Well, I didn't have a claim last January, and I got to check it into it, and the VA did that. They were making sure that I had continuing eligibility for all of my disabilities. They were looking for what they could take away, but they ended up having to give me two more. (laughs) So, you know, you're not 20 years. Yeah, they do that. They call that. Uh, I've seen it before too. They look at me, mine too. I've looked at it. You know, it's kind of a review or something like that. Authorization review, they call it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know they did it. They said they sent me a letter. I didn't get no letter. Uh, they oh, did yeah. it in January, January twenty second, and I just saw it a month ago. That letter is like uh, Forrest Gump's million dollar wound. You never seen that money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The VA's fun. I mean, you, they they get in and they look at your records and they'll try to you know they'll they'll, they'll they've got too much time on. You know, it's so aggravating. Time. It's so aggravating. If you don't have PTSD when you start into that system, you're going to have it before you get out of there. Severe anxiety and depression, for sure. But after a while, after you learn the system and you learn the ropes and you learn to use the CFRs against them, it becomes kind of amusing. Uh, When you can slam them and beat them every once in a while. That's the fun part, man. Well, like I say, it gets to be kind of comical once you can draw some money. Now, before you draw any money, it ain't so comical. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never, I will never forget, uh, and I I told this on the first podcast that I was ever on, about the day that I broke a shoestring when I was at VA. I didn't have the money to buy a shoestring. Went up to prosthetics to see if they had any, and they'd give me a new pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Well, they give you the kind of screen, or they give you the strap on. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I got the strap on for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have them up there. I don't care. Yeah, you yeah. ask. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I've never been to. Oh. I, I need to go see a podiatrist, so I need to get me some 
Maybe they can give me some good diabetic shoes. I don't know. But uh, you got something. Well, you know, now I'm, too. I've got. Uh, and, I wear those AFOs. Uh-huh. And they were giving me shoes with the brace in it, and they're six pounds a piece. Oh my! And then they came out last year with a, a brace. Uh, it's a polycarbonate plastic, and it'll fit on yeah. a tennis shoe. So now I'm getting tennis shoes with the braces on them. That's good. Ah. That's good. That's really good. I mean, anytime you got neuropathy like that, you can't feel your feet, and. Uh, the braces do help, but you know there's pressure points and things like that. You gotta be careful. Yeah, well, you know, I can't walk paralysis. without them, and I know Ray can't walk without his. Oh, uh, I end up falling. I've got two new pair of braces and shoes coming right now that should be. I should be getting called any day. They ordered them four weeks ago. Oh, uh, I've got a podiatry appointment with a toenail nurse. Uh, no, you got here in the next week or two. On? I'm on request for some. So. My other shoes they gave me were both for my lap. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah I have to wear two lap foot shoes, and that kind of. If you wasn't talking about the VA, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> Gerald, they want you yeah. to dress as I can remember yeah. when my boots were issued, they were about three sizes too big. And yeah. I complained about it, and they said, go find somebody that's got some that fits you and swap with them. Yeah, that's what they told you. Yeah. You must have just swapped out one shoe. Yeah. yeah what, do you have a number eight left and then a number 11 left? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one, it's a good thing that's pretty sloppy because, <laughs> <laughs> but I stumble everywhere I go, look like a drunk walking. Well, I yeah. I got my uniform situation squared away, and then I tried to get my hands on a P thirty eight. Man, it took me six months to ever get a P thirty eight. Couldn't get, couldn't get the C-ration cans open. Time would be up before yeah. I ever got mine. I had to throw my C-rations in the trash. Didn't have no can opener. <laughs> <laughs> I told the P-38 diet, James. <laughs> you know, I knew that pound cake P-38. was in there. I just couldn't get to it. <laughs> They'd come with... What'd they come with? About eight or nine, maybe ten uh, P-38s to the case. Time I get up there, they'll all be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't nobody going to lend you theirs because they knew you wasn't going to give it back. Yeah, mine's mine's an antique now, I guess. I carried mine uh, until it wore through the ring and fell off my key ring. Well, mine's still on the key ring. Well, mine finally wore the hole through. Yeah. I've got another Mm -hmm. one now, but it's not the original issue. I don't think they're as good as the original issues. They don't have the metal on them, but they won't stay sharp. 
Now, mine is still sharp. Yeah, it'll cut it open again. No problem. Guys, I was up at a at a World War, uh, well, it's a military museum up at Mont Eagle a couple of weeks ago. And uh, walking through there, and this guy's sitting over there behind the, one of the desks, kind of visiting and talking to people. And walked by, and he says, hey, I got something for you. And I says, what's that? And he stuck out his hand. He says, here. And I put my hand out. He dropped P-38 right in. He says, I give them to everybody. <laughs> Well, you know, they make one about twice the size now. Hmm, no. That's the first one I've seen in 30 years or more. Well, I've, I've got one on my key ring. It's like I say, the original wore through, and I got another one. But then, like I say, I've seen them. They're about twice the size. I wouldn't want one of those. I like, you know, the original size. Yeah, you can get pretty good with P-38. Yeah. Uh, for the benefit of those that don't know what a P-38 is, it's a little small can opener to open your sea rations with. Uh, and then there's also a P-38 Lightning. That's an airplane. <laughs> a lot different from a can opener. Very, <laughs> very famous airplane. Oh, yes. Yes. I think the first airplane I ever saw in the sky when I was a little kid was a P-38 light. Had that twin boom out the back. Uh, I can remember just it was the first plane I ever saw. Yep. It was flown by one of the top Pacific fighter races. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's the plane that shot down uh, Yamamoto's plane. In the Pacific. Exactly. Putting into him. I yeah. think they sent twelve of them, didn't they? Sent twelve. When of they them found out his flight pattern. It was a stroke of luck. Yeah. It was a stroke yeah. of luck. Uh, they intercepted right a radio in. message. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he was. He was, he was in a bomber. Troops. Yeah. He was, yeah, in, a he was bomber. in a bomber. Yeah. Sure did. So. But, uh, yeah, that was a P-38. that was a struggle up. And you know they those those P-38s carried extra fuel, but they wasn't equipped to fly that far. Uh, right. I rich to tell you the truth, I don't think they made it back. They had to land in other countries because they didn't have the fuel. Uh, but they they flat shot him down. Yep. Yeah, that's extended range plane. Now, those missions like that were kind of, you know, secretive and stuff, but when that P-51 came along, then that took care of the range problem. That sucker go. That sucker fly to Japan. Yeah. No, P-51 must hang. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying they had a top speed of like close to 500 miles per hour. Yeah. And they could fly up to, you know, 30,000, 40,000 feet if they had to. And uh, had yeah. power, so they said the P uh, the P thirty eight, the Corsair, and the P fifty one was the end of the Japanese era. Uh, the Corsair, that's what Pappy Borden flew, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the Gold Wing. <clears throat> yeah, if you ever I, get down I, to, 
I like those planes. If you ever get down to the Naval I just State like the looks of the Corsair. If you ever get down to the Pensacola Naval Air Station, they've got a mock-up F-4 Corsair, excuse me, that has actually got Major Greg Boynton's name on the outside of it. You seen that, right? Have you been down to the USS Alabama? Yes, I have. A have you seen times. the... Yeah, uh, you know, they got a couple of airplanes in there. One of them is the... Mm-hmm. Oh, what they call it? Got shot down over Cuba taking pictures. Oh, the U two? Yeah. U two's popular. Yeah. yeah. They they got one one of them in there. Oh, uh, Blackbird. Call them Blackbirds. Mm-hmm. Well, they got a. Plane. Oh, that's the first uh, one I ever seen in person. They got a P fifty one there too with a statue of a black guy next to it. You know who it is, don't you? No. You know Robin Roberts, the lady on ABC? No, I don't. Yeah? That's her daddy. Really? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I don't think it was there yeah. when I was there. It's been a long time since I've been in that museum. Uh, well, my kids were little, five years old, maybe they're in their 30s now. That's been a few years ago, James. Yeah, it has been. I'll have to take them back. You'll take the scooter. Uh, Yeah, I use my scooter. You know, uh, that brings up another point. We're talking about this continuing eligibility. I was in the podiatry clinic. Oh, talking to the guy in there about he was fitting my new braces with my tennis shoes and he said you know it's my job to write down every time I see you come in this clinic if you're ambulatory if you've got your cane if you're wearing your braces or if you're on your scooters and he said when they do these checks they call me and they want to know the last time or the last few times you were in, were you wearing your braces? Did you have your cane? Were you riding your scooter? He said, it's my job to guess where they get their information. Uh, so, you know, the guys, if you're drawing uh, compensation that should be wearing braces, you better wear those braces because it will come back to haunt you. You better wear your hearing aids and eyeglasses too. Yeah, hearing aids I have a hard time with. Uh, they own to me all the time in audiology, and I don't have a service-connected hearing problem. Uh, I could mm-hmm. I could get one, but I don't need one. I'm at the max. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're always on to me. They tell me you got to wear them every day. Well, every other day, at least, I'm out on a bulldozer or a traxivator, and I don't need to hear that. Nope. So, you know, uh, uh, it's loud enough with my earmuffs on. (laughs) That's right. But eyeglasses I have to have. I wouldn't be able to see where I was going with that bulldozer, but I don't need to hear it run, you know. Uh, 
We don't need you on a bulldozer. Yeah, I have to. Probably can. <laughs> I got I, I got a, a I got a question for you, James. Were you talking about the guy what? in South I got called in uh, last month, and they wanted they called me in to do a uh, a night exam, and they did it out here locally at the base, which they'd never done before. And I go in and I said, okay. I said, I don't mind this. Uh, you know, you're gonna take a picture of my eye, right? Yeah, we're gonna do your eye. They said, we just want to see if you have retinopathy. And I looked at yeah. him. I said, have you looked at my chart? You've been drawing for retinoptics forever, have you? He said, no. And I said, I have been drawing for more than five years for retinopathy. I've had so much mm-hmm. laser in my left eye that I now cannot see out of it. My vision out of my left eye is 20 over 250. And I can tell you right now, the doctor down there has told me not to let anybody touch my right eye because it's had so much that the next time I'd probably go blind in it. And I said, if you you haven't taken, or nobody's taken the time to look up to see what my disabilities are or my medical record with my eyes. She says, oh, well, I guess we need to do this, do we? And I said, nope, not as far as I'm concerned, but you can do it if you want to. <laughs> she said, no, I'm going to stop right here. <laughs> I think the problem with your eyes is that little woman you're married to slapped both eyes into the same hole. Well, she, she slapped she slapped them down my eyes are coming out of the back of my head. <laughs> They're mandated. They're mandated. I'm kind of like an owl. You know, a hoot owl can't move its eyes. It's got to move its head. So that's the right. That's the way. I've got to move my head to see something. Well, I'm getting just the opposite. I can't move my neck anymore. <laughs> if it ain't in my peripheral vision, uh, it better be in my rearview mirror. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen the new sunglasses on TV. They call battle vision. You might get your pair of them. <laughs> I've seen them things, yeah. <laughs> I need to get me a pair of eyeglasses that's got little mirrors up in the corners yeah. where yeah. I don't have to twist my neck. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting hard for me to look around. So I was back in that big five turn up the other day, and a guy was standing behind me, directed me. I couldn't no more see him. I couldn't turn my neck around that far. Oh, Lord. Dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, I got the old five-ton out and fired it up and drove it around a little bit. Got it, the Jeep, the M151 behind it on a trailer. I bet that was Enjoy nice. that thing. Yeah, yeah, I had a building built for that thing where I can back the whole, the truck trailer and everything with a Jeep on it and just back it right into the building, pull the doors down. Keeps dust off of it. I have to park it next to my step ladder. Oh, uh, so I can get well, in. Yeah. I got a four or five step ladders around here. I park between two oh, with a bulldozer and a track surveyor, or I can't get down. How do you get I in the step ladder? Huh? If, if I have to go get my step ladder. Well, when I broke my arm, or uh, when that transmission fell on it. I've reached up and grabbed the grab bars 
and put one foot up on a track and went to push myself up, and my foot slipped out. It was muddy, slipped off the track, and it broke my arm again <laughs> while it was still in the gas. <laughs> it just snatched it right apart. But, yeah, I, if I can get on them lighters, I can get on it. Once I get on there and get them earmuffs on, I can go, you know. <laughs> I can't dodge the limbs. almost got impaled the other day, but it's all in fun, something to do. Everything you can go buy yourself a couple of, You can go buy yourself a couple of bulldozers, or you can get one of them treadmills. I just soon have a bulldozer. All you got to do is drive over to Walmart and try to walk in the store. It's like playing Frogger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd spend a few hours on that bulldozer, and I can tell that I've been there. I can get on that treadmill, when I cut it off, I can't tell that I've done anything. Doc, uh, Doc says, uh, Miss Cripps, look like you've lost a few pounds since I saw you last. I said, yeah, Doc, I did. This is my heart for you, Doc. I said, looks like you've put on a few pounds, Doc, since I saw you. He said, have you been trying to lose weight? I said, no. I hurt my foot and I couldn't get to the table. I said, look like you gained a few pounds, Doc. He said, yeah, I know. I need to hurt my foot. (laughs) He said, what's the most strenuous thing you've done since you last saw me? Sanders said, he buried the dog. So he reaches and gets him a pencil and piece of paper. And he said, you buried the dog? I said, yeah, I did. He said, how big was the dog? I said, well, she weighed about 50 pounds. He said, wrote that down. He said, how deep did you dig that hole? I said, about four feet. He said, you dug the hole four feet deep to bury the dog? I said, yeah, Doc, I did. He said, how long did that take you? I said, oh, it didn't take too long. He said, did you get winded and have to rest? I said, no, I used the bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> he wadded his paper up and threw it in the trash can. <laughs> They'll be calling you back for another C&P. You keep that up. <laughs> well, when I go back up there now, uh, one time when I was on the bulldozer, uh, my heart quit. Uh, I passed out, and my defibrillator brought me back. So when I go to the doctor, he says, you ain't been on that bulldozer no more, have you? I said, nope, but he didn't ask about the track loader. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, you, you know, you live it up. You have to. Otherwise, you know, I mean, you just got to do everything you can do as much as you can and just keep going as much as you can. Otherwise, you know, you just go get worse off. Yeah, you do the, the things that you enjoy doing because you yeah. might not get to do them no more after tomorrow. Well, you're right there. You know, when the wife says, when the wife says, no, I've got a headache, you know, I might not have many more headache days. (laughs) (laughs) 
I got to say, I enjoy life. I'm I'm very thankful. You know, I, I hate my health situation the way things turned out, but I'm very grateful for the time that I've spent in retirement because of that, doing things that I like to do. Well, that's important. Really is. It is important. Get you know, enjoy, I enjoy the family and the grandkids and great grandkids. Pretty soon you, you know, got I, I've been. <laughs> you don't even. I died. I've all already the been dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a guy, the guy told me, he said, "I want you to come." To, good friend of mine, veteran, he's dead now. He said, "I want you to come to church with me and and, and tell what it's like being dead." I said, well, Jim, I don't remember being dead. I remember waking up. He said, well, I want you to come tell about seeing the lights. And I said, I didn't see no light, Jim. I said, I didn't see hellfire either, but I didn't see no light. He said, well, that ain't going to make a good story. I said, no, it won't. <laughs> well, but, you know, you just... We all dealt a hand, and you got to play that hand out. Uh, and I'll play it out to the end. You know, I ain't about to fold. Well, it don't hurt to have a card up your sleeve, you know. Well, it wouldn't, but uh, I wouldn't want to get it caught, caught with it. <laughs> After you die, you know, you walk up to St. Peter, first thing you're going to do is pull that card out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's going to be an ace of spades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's going to change your direction, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my. We're totally out of time, guys. But we well, it's been short. Time. Yeah. been a good show, really. Yeah, we talked about a bunch of nothing. <laughs> well. <laughs> I could comment on that, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you better behave yourself, too. <laughs> and nobody, nobody mentioned toilet paper. <laughs> no. Well, I started to, but I didn't want to embarrass Gerald. Yeah. Uh, he don't get embarrassed over the toilet paper. He just gets to laughing so hard he can't talk. Oh, God. Uh, oh, oh by the way, Gerald, I did get that photo that you sent me. Oh, my, my upgrade. <laughs> I got it, too. And I typed something a big paragraph long. And when I pushed enter, it lost it. And I thought, I ain't typing this again. <laughs> I see now. Now, where did you get that talk. picture, Gerald? Did you? Was no, it, did, you did you get that picture from uh, prosthetics? Yeah, that was off for the back. They redesigned it. <laughs> I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah, it's they got a new engineer. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to make some improvements. Well, 
it's still not right for them to change toilet paper on you where you got to buy yeah. the toilet paper from them. There's only one that, source. Well, I know they got a miraculous. They must own a uh, doggone paper mill somewhere. You you need to take that thing to Costco. Yeah. And get them to get the rights to make the toilet paper. Oh. Uh, Why well, yeah. I don't know. There's got to be a better way. There there has to be a better way. And them four foot rules get pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Gerald, you you don't have to drive to Kansas City, do you, for that? <laughs> no. Well, he don't care. He's got a hole cut in the seat of his truck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five gallon buckets heading over. Before he leaves home, he gets a cow, a cork. <laughs> and I know he does because I saw the headlines in the Joplin paper. Flying cork kills cow. City overrun by. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Got a salvage yard down south that advertised the Corvette for sale. It was a recovered theft. And the advertisement said bucket seats. Well, you pull the pictures and look at it. Sure enough, it had a five-gallon bucket that upside down in the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did y'all see Ask Nod's uh, thing on his on his website? And then I I copied it and put it on mine and put it out that I sold my home and pigeon for the twenty-second time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> well, John, you had a birthday. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And look what happened in things. That ain't the last one. That ain't the last one. It's probably the last one I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> I, I could use a few more. Yeah, I don't care to have a bunch more of them. You know, you just don't uh, don't need to celebrate them. When you get a certain age, it's just another day. Yeah. You know, so. I've been having good days every day for 29 years. That's right. (laughs) 29 holding. I keep looking forward to my next one. Think things are gonna get better, Gerald? <laughs> John, how far are you from Grand Rivers? Uh, Grand Rivers is on Kentucky Lake. I'm probably, uh, probably right at 200 miles. How far? About 200 miles. I'm about 25 miles from Grand Rivers. No. I'm talking about Grand oh, Rivers, Tennessee. No, it's Grand Rivers, Kentucky. Isn't it? Where Patty's restaurant is. Yeah, Patty's. I've been there. Good place to eat. 1880 settlement. 
They get yeah, we back. go up there to the Badger Theater. The whole chapter just about goes, and we take in their yeah. Branson-type shows. Oh, about, uh, Usually go on Friday, see one Friday, two, two, do what? They got one down in Graffinville, too, the theater. I don't know. It's in between, uh, we go to the it's one. In between, we're, uh, we're 100 miles. 100 miles? Yeah, we're 100 miles from Patty's. Patty's. The one theater I'm thinking about is when you go around the Grand River, back around on Kentucky Lake Side, down by Moore's, Moore's uh-huh. Resort Marina. Yeah. They've got a big theater right yeah, there. Yeah, it's over. You get to, yeah. And I don't get that far home. I'm afraid couldn't find my way back. We used to... We used to camp down there a whole lot, and we go that about to behind Patty's that little dairy bar, had like an ice cream shop, yeah. and it burnt years ago. And uh, Patty's burnt down last year, didn't it, honey? Uh, yeah, I, I guess think they got, they got to it back, yeah. back and open now. I went yeah. down to Florida to see Ray. I traveled through 11 states getting back. Hmm. What did you do? Take a wrong, <laughs> take a wrong turn? Got lost. <laughs> Took a wrong turn several times. <laughs> I thought it was all left turns. I didn't know there was oh. so many oceans. There's a lot of them now. <laughs> yeah. Lot. Every time you make I a left turn. Lost. I can't get lost. I bought a. That tundra's got a lady in there that tells me where to go. So I've always got some lady telling me where to go, so that's uh, I'll never get lost. Mine don't speak to me anymore. I cussed her out two or three times. <laughs> she keeps telling me to make a, a legal left turn, and you mm-hmm. can't make a legal left turn. You have to cross that median. State trooper gets you. <clears throat> I went down to Florida once, down to Orlando, and we were looking at uh, someone was one of the resorts on Disney property. Folks on Disney property. So I pressed that in my garment and we got in and took off driving. And this thinking thing took us about eight or ten miles outside of Orlando. It one of the slummiest, drug down, druggy looking neighborhoods in the world. And where it used to be is a bunch of a bunch of slab, concrete slabs, all the buildings wiped off of. Well, I went through Memphis following mine one day, and I went on. I drove under clotheslines. Oh, uh, I did. I did. It took me into somebody's backyard, and like I said, I made a clothes went through clotheslines, uh, clothes hanging on it, and went around the house and out the other side. <laughs> I was going to Tunica, Mississippi. <laughs> That's a gambling problem. <laughs> it just didn't figure. My, dad, you know. my dad's got everybody beat on that. He went to Tunica, Mississippi once with some friends. They stopped at Cracker Barrel somewhere just south of Tupelo to eat dinner. And they was driving Daddy's motor home. They went there and ate. They come back out and Dad says, I'm going to let that gray tank drip on the camper a little bit. And he says on the way, his buddy says, I'll get that. You go ahead and hop this starter up. Well, he reached there and he reached and grabbed that valve and he gave it a little bit of yank and it started pouring out. He pulled the wrong one. He pulled a black tape, black tape valve to crack a broke parking lot. I guess well, I tell on him now. I bought that Jeep in Farmington, New Mexico. 
and I hooked the trailer up to my F-250, and I took off me and another veteran going to Farmington, New Mexico, to get that Jeep. My son was here when we left, and I'd never seen a telephone with a GPS in it. Never heard of one. But anyway, he programmed Farmington, New Mexico, the address, and pitched it in the front seat as we were pulling off, and he said, that'll keep you from getting lost. Well, I didn't know what it was. I've never seen one. So we get uh, the other side of Jackson, and something said, make your next legal left turn. And I knew we had to go all the way to Oklahoma City before we got off the interstate, and we wasn't 100 miles. And I told the guy that went with me, I said, that's that thing Jimmy put in here. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. So we get to the next exit, and it said, get off and make a left turn and go back. And I said, well, that thing ain't no good. Well, after it happened the third time, I told Richard, I said, maybe it knows something we don't know. Maybe it knows a shortcut. So we get off, and we travel back 30 miles, and we get off at that first exit. And we pulled up in front of somebody's house. Now, to, to be so stupid, you know, I had a road map, and I knew I had to get off in Oklahoma City, but I followed that thing. <laughs> They're good when they work, but they get you lost. Well, yeah, you uh, you know you got to know how to use them. If you if you put all interstate, but if you push the wrong button, push the closest way, that's when it takes you under them clotheslines. And it's <laughs> <laughs> a crow fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we did. We crossed. We turned in somebody's driveway, went behind the house and under the clothesline, all the way around the house and under the clothesline again. I got on the road, but we was following that little blue thing. <laughs> I've always wanted one, but I didn't figure I could ever figure it out. Oh. So, uh, I just you learn a lot of gas. So you learn how to use it. <laughs> Well, I, you know, to get to my place now, you can't follow your GPS. It'll it'll take you the wrong way every time, and you'll never get here. All the contractors building my daughter's house, we had to warn them, don't use your GPS, you won't get here. We was out in Arizona, my wife and I, and done some prospecting and I bought one a high dollar outfit uh, a GPS thing you know you plug in your coordinates yeah. and all this yeah. so yeah. I, I looked on the map and seen where there was a gold mine old gold mine and I said let's go to it so we drive way back in the Tuleys you know and parked and I got out and plugged these coordinates in, and we walked up and down the hills and through the brush and uh, practically all day. Finally, come and I kept following what I thought was the right directions, 
uh, the, you'd think the numbers would get closer together. But <laughs> when we crawled out of the brush, it was about 25 foot from the back of the pickup, and, and there was this big mine shaft, and the coordinates read just perfect. <laughs> we was so wore out we did we forgot about that trip. <laughs> you know? But then that was the craziest thing I ever seen. I said, Well, I guess I better learn how to read these But I never could figure it out. Yeah, walked around through the brush, up and down hills and all scratched up. <laughs> He come up to his mine shaft here, and it's about 25 foot from the truck. I couldn't wait. <laughs> I was at Fort Campbell deer hunting, <clears throat> and I walked, seemed like five miles, and I jumped this great big buck. Boy, I mean, he was a monster. Didn't even get a shot at it. So I went back and ate lunch and told my brother, I said, man, I know where it's a good one. Told him all about it. And he said, well, let's go over there. I said, man, you've got to go through pine thickets and everything else. It's a long way. He said, well, it'd be worth it if we run up on him, won't it? I said, well, yeah. I said, if we go together and make sure we've got good flashlights and can get back, we'll be back way after dark. So he followed me. We went back over there. And when we got there, I kicked me out of place around a tree to sit down. He kicked him out of place to sit down. He looked back and he said, there's a truck right over there. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey guys, Wasn't no I'm truck getting back. All we had to do was just step right off the side of the road and there was a truck. <laughs> guys, I've got to get out of here. It's good talking to you. All right, Ray. Call uh, me sometime. Nice. We'll get together and go eat or something. Yeah, I'm, I, a couple of weeks I might even drive a Jeep up there. Yeah, are you supposed to get it? Yeah, I'm supposed to have it by the 4th of July. I'll put my batteries on charge. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a little Jeep ride. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you John, guys Gerald. Okay. Yeah, take it easy. Right, John and Gerald, I'll talk to y'all later. Okay. Enjoy yes, careful, stay healthy and safe now. Yeah. Stay good, All stay right. See you stay later. Safe now. All right. Yeah, I'm sure going to try to. Same to you. Well, Gerald, thank you just in it because we're about 20, 17 minutes over and we're not recording, so I guess I'll just pull the plug on it. Yeah, no need to play the closing. <laughs> Here, here's the closing for tonight. You ready? Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy plug, man. Pussy plug. <laughs> no. That's a pretty good show, though. Yeah, it was a good show. <clears throat> it wasn't bad. I'm going to change these recordings out probably tonight. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Make some new ones up. All right, I'll just talk a little bit. Okay. Let's Be careful. Get some dinner down your throat. <laughs> See you, buddy. Yeah. Bye.